Good afternoon, good evening, good morning, wherever you are, whenever you are listening to this podcast. Welcome back to the Gram Slam podcast. I am your host, Brandon Anderson, and welcome to episode 27, the travel series, which I'll get into in a few moments, but this is going to be about WWE WrestleMania 20 from March of 2004 and my official travel story of going to New York City and to Madison Square Garden with a couple of friends while I was in high school, during school, and man, do I have a story to tell about that. But first off, welcome back to the show. I'm glad everyone is here. Thank you, everyone, again for all the listens and participating on social media. Um, I do have a, uh, to end the show today, I will have a new uh, questionnaire uh, that fans can send in questions. I have a few questions lined up that I have been asked through the DMs on social media, uh, through the Graham Slam podcast um, DMs, Instagram page. So look forward to those. But let me tell you, today's episode, I want to start out, obviously, when we get into the Entertainment 10, I went last Thursday night and saw the Batman movie. And man, I will tell you, today's episode will be spoiler-free, still giving some time to let fans see the Batman movie without spoiling it. I will go over a review in the Entertainment 10. It's going to be my personal review of it, but it will not contain any spoilers, any type of like anything outside the preview of what we've seen and kind of what I went over with the um, last week with the actual preview itself. But this week I will be at least covering what I thought about it. I will say off the bat, I highly recommend it. If you haven't seen it already, go to the movie theater, go see this movie while it's in theaters. It, it, it's the sound itself, the music, the um, just the overall atmosphere of this movie just can't be done at home. And I'm so glad that we're into a realm of the pandemic where we can go to the movies, we can go see stuff like that. Because let me tell you, I would have been highly probably disappointed if I had to watch this at home. Uh, it just gives a different aspect to being at the theaters. I, I highly think I'll probably go see it one more time before it's out of the theaters or whatnot. But again, welcome back to the Gram Slam podcast. There's been quite a bit of uh, news coming out of the USFL, the United States Football League, that I've been talking about. Obviously, the last couple episodes have been about the XFL, which is debuting in 2023. But of course... The USFL, which is debuting in just under 40 days at this point on April 16th, live from Birmingham, Alabama. And the opening weekend, uh, the full game schedule was released. Uh, the team schedules were released. I officially have bought the uh, tickets to the first night, which is the 16th, and then uh, Easter Sunday, there are three games jam-packed all day uh, from morning to night that are included in the price of one ticket. So for $22, I uh, for for sorry, for 20 
$22 or $30, $32 total for both game for night one and day two. Um, essentially for four games for 30 some odd dollars. And then my daughter is free to get in. So it's, it's pretty awesome essentially. And I just cannot wait to, um, attend the USFL. There's a lot still hanging. Um, I talked about last week, that potential lawsuit, uh, that the original USFL is, uh, trying to shut down the new one, um, with, uh, Fox that owns it. I believe it sounds like some of that stuff may come to a close. Who knows? Um, the date is uh, March 16th, which is the next episode I'll be airing for the Grand Slam podcast, um, which is exactly one week from today. Um, so I'll be covering potentially what exactly that court or judge decides. Um, there is a stake that the the judge could halt the start of the season, which would be devastating, but we'll see when it gets there. I don't think that'll happen. Um, I think the season will go on as um, planned. I think Fox will work a deal out with the original owners of the USFL, or this overall claim or lawsuit is just not going to go through. So we'll definitely see, but I've got my tickets. Uh, I can't wait to go. I can't wait to see it. can't wait to cheer on the Michigan Panthers, which is my team who is coached by Jeff Fisher, um, who is the uh, former uh, St. Louis Rams and Tennessee Titans head coach, of course, being a Titans fan. So glad to see Jeff Fisher back coaching again. So it'll be great to essentially get out there, enjoy some football. I will have coverage again next week for the uh, Graham Slam podcast. We will be doing a USFL 30-day episode that will be previewing the season, going over the schedule, going over some of the draft picks that were picked. And then, of course, uh, just in a couple days on March 10th, uh, actually tomorrow, um, I am recording this on Wednesday, the air date. Um, So tomorrow there is a supplemental draft happening for remaining players. Um, that's where we could see some names that we are familiar with, a little more familiar with than uh, a lot of the players that were drafted. So that'll be a full episode uh, content or content on the USFL next week uh, entitled USFL 30 Days. So let's go ahead and get into the Entertainment 10 segment now. And again, great movie I cannot express how amazed I was by the Batman and let me tell you my suspicions on Robert uh, Pattinson being Batman I was very skeptical of course most of everybody knows Robert from Twilight um, he did the movie um, Tenant right prior to Batman. He may have had a movie in between them, but I think his role in Tenant really kind of showed essentially that he's not this like vampire and shiny and glittery and actually can act. And he's a hell of an actor. Um, that reigned big time in the Batman. And, you know, I, I it hurts to say. Because being a huge Batman fan, um, the Christian Bale series and Nolan, um, Christopher Nolan uh, Batmans 
were probably the best Batmans out there. Obviously, I didn't think the third one was the best, but the first and second had to be top down the best Batman movies ever. After seeing this movie, ah, man, it, it's so close to overtaking both of those Batmans. And it's, again, it's hard to say. I bite my tongue with saying it because the Heath Ledger, Christian Bale, or, uh, yeah, Christian Bale movie was just probably one of the best movies ever. But in a Batman franchise and how they did Batman with this new movie, it just surpasses everything we've seen in the past. It surpasses the the typical story that uh, Batman's parents died from someone in an alleyway and um, he was raised by the butler, Alfred. Um, there's some similarities to that, but it was a completely different scheme of things of how that happened. So that was re refreshing essentially to know that this movie was completely different than what we're used to with Batman's and I really appreciated essentially this realm of intensity I mean it was just non-stop action but then also had a great story to it that explained so much and of course this movie has Cat Catwoman um, it has the penguin in it and then, of course, the Riddler is the like bad guy. And essentially, in this movie, the Riddler is if you're familiar with any like crime, like crime podcast or just crime stories on like TLC, A and E, those type of shows, and you're aware of the Zodiac Killer, there is so many different instances that really kind of give the highlights of the Zodiac Killer. Um, and, and this may be a little touchy subject, which is perfectly fine, but this is how I viewed this character, the Riddler, in some of the scenes. I, I won't go into those scenes until a um, couple episodes down the road when I actually do my spoiler review and give you more of an in-depth process with this. But as bad as it is because we never want to portray idiots that and psychopaths that cause mass shootings or do dumb crap like that. But the Riddler, there is a scene where the Riddler essentially is in it and just the vibes he gives me, the way he talks, the way he is acting, the way he almost kind of looks it's so weird that it kind of looks like the, and I'm not even going to use his name. I really don't give a shit about this. And I'm going to cuss on this podcast, so I apologize. But I don't give a, a crap about this guy, the Batman killer, as they called him. The guy that shot up the Aurora movie theater or whatnot um, during the third Batman it gives very odd vibes of this guy and it's so creepy and just like weird. I, I don't know if anyone else ever connected anything to that or like just the image of the Riddler of the scene. Um, 
it's so weird, and maybe that was just my view of it because I followed that case a lot. I've listened to different podcasts on the Aurora movie theater shooting and just his, like, weird tactics of, like, being obsessed with, like, Batman and the Joker and all this type of stuff, even though we all know that that's not really what he was doing. Um, there was a lot of different things behind his mental health and college and all this type of stuff that kind of led him to that. Um, but it, and I, I don't, I think Batman was just an opportunity because it was a midnight showing. There were crap load of people in these theaters and stuff like that. But when you uh, essentially like really look at things, this movie gave the, the Riddler was the most creepiest, like character or bad guy I've seen in a like Batman movie in forever. I mean, we all know Heath Ledger did an excellent job in um the the Christopher Nolan series or whatnot as Joker um before unfortunately he passed away. But this Riddler hit the spot. It's it's not your Typical Riddler we think about in the Batman series as, um, like, Jim Carrey's character. Or just the, the real comic book Riddler that has these, like, question marks all over him. And he's just a comic book character. This actually came down to, like, like I was saying last week in the preview, watching the final preview, it looked like a murder mystery. And that's exactly what it ended up being. Was trying to find out who this... This Riddler guy is and going through all these different characters and uh, situations to find out who he was to eventually trying to catch him. And along the way, you had um, Batman, Catwoman, uh, Penguin as the characters, and then a bunch of other like government officials that were running for office and corruption it really just showed a different light to Gotham City and and then essentially even broke into Arkham Asylum as well, which we haven't really seen much of in most of the, the Batman movies, the official movies that have come out. Now, some of the cartoon movies obviously we have, and then, of course, the games, Arkham Asylum and stuff. But... Yeah, I, I I will say right off the bat, this movie probably is one of the better movies I've ever seen. And it just it amazed me watching it. It was it was three hours long, nearly just three hours just shy of three hours. And I could I <laughs> it may be TMI, but I could I would suggest not drinking so much like soda or water or anything before this. Make sure you go to the bathroom beforehand. I, I, I could not make it through it. I There is one scene I had to get up. I had to use the restroom and come back quick as possible. But <laughs> if you're getting movie, you're getting your your snacks, your popcorn, your drink and stuff like that, enjoy that drink. Just don't sip it down so quick because three hours is pretty long. And I've been to a lot of movies that have been three hours or over three hours. I just felt like this one was so detail-orientated that I don't think you had to like 100% pay attention or you would miss stuff, but you were so invested, maybe the word is, invested in this movie and how 
it sucks you into all the characters, the atmosphere of Gotham City, um, Batman himself or Bruce Wayne, and each little character that they introduced, um, whether it was um, Detective Gordon or Commissioner, I don't think he was Commissioner in this movie yet. Um, based on other movies, there was story, some points of Alfred. It seemed like it really gave you context of these characters that we've always known in Batman, but really did justice in the overall process with them that it really kind of helped essentially build the movie together and that allotted three hours to really focus on the story from beginning to end and it just it didn't miss anything I felt there was nothing that this movie missed it definitely could lead to a second movie which we've already I think they've confirmed they are working on another one um, I don't know who they would have as, like, the bad guy in the movie. You could still run with Penguin, maybe. Um, could still run with Riddler, even. But it, it does remain, do you introduce Joker, which is your typical response to Batman movies. Um, I've heard rumors of Mr. Freeze, uh, like a real more non-comic book version. <laughs> we all remember... The comic version, and I say comic is not as in like a comic book, but comedy as in comedy with uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger playing uh, Mr. Freeze. And I think it was Batman and Robin movie or one of those. Um, but God, that, that was horrendous. That was very horrendous. So getting a more like serious role on it or a twist with Mr. Freeze could be absolutely insanely crazy. I mean, there's still obviously you could introduce Two-Face. Um, there's so many Batman villains that you could really introduce into this that I think would work. There is some, I think Gotham PD is going to be a limited show on HBO Max soon um, that kind of revolves around Arkham Asylum. There's so much out there for Batman, but I, I, I will say I 100% and usually never do this. I'll rate movies pretty high depending if I like them, but I will give this one, even though it usually is not a good rating, it's a it's an 11 out of 10. I do not think there is any flaws with this movie, and I've heard some people have some critiques to it, and that's perfectly fine. I just, in my view of how the story was set up, the characters or the actors played these roles, it was it was just phenomenal. And I highly recommend anyone go see it. See it in theaters. Don't wait until it comes out on Blu-ray or 4K. Um, definitely we'll be buying it when it does come out on that. But I just recommend it. It's a great movie. I will give a full... Spoiler review in a couple weeks. I may go see it again just to kind of really refresh my memory and just get a really good spoiler review up there. Um, that episode may have a much longer Entertainment 10. I think this one's going over the 10-minute mark as well, which is perfectly fine. But I encourage, if you haven't seen it, definitely go see this movie. Um, <laughs> there's just nothing else to it that I can explain without really spoiling the movie, but... Yeah, Robert Pat Pattinson, <laughs> almost 
basically, in my opinion, could be one of the best Batmans I've ever seen. And Christian Bell is just magnificent. But I think this, uh, excuse me, I think this role, uh, sorry, I had to take a drink there. This role, essentially, I feel is very, a very overdrawn, and there's been so many people who have played Batman. But, yeah, Robert Pattinson definitely gets top-of-the-line Batman movie roles. And maybe even that next episode when I do the spoiler review on Entertainment 10, I will also rate my Batmans and top Batmans and stuff uh, based on who played them or whatnot. But there's a lot to come in the DC world in the future that I think they've kind of made a change. I do not think they are at a Marvel MC Universe area yet um i think they're getting there but there's been a lot justice league i didn't like um i think the the director's cut of it that was almost four hours long that wasn't too bad um i need to actually go back and fully watch that from beginning to end and try to get through it uh but i'm not really that fond of most dc movies i didn't like aquaman wonder woman was great um, Aquaman, meh, don't even care for the character that much. Uh, I, I've heard we're getting a new Flash movie. That'll be awesome. Um, it looks like it's taking kind of from the show, which is a better direction, but we'll see. Um, but yeah, recommend it. Go see it. Watch it. Enjoy it. Um, and again, thank you everyone for listening to the Entertainment 10 for this week. Um, I will be back next week with more entertainment news and things like that but let's go ahead let's transition into the main topic today and that is my travel story which let me kind of preface this of what the travel series is so i did the xfl episode for 2020 and just kind of describe my my personal take and my view of going to dallas going to travel coming back the same day or whatnot um, when the seasons were happening. But I have a lot of travel stories. I've been to WrestleManias. I've been to pretty high, high-end high Ring of Honor pro wrestling back when they were getting really big. Most of the stars that are part of pro wrestling today, whether it be AEW or WWE, these people were rookies, if you want to call it that, or even could be in their prime in some of these areas. But I created friendships through coworkers at work, friends on AOL Instant Messenger, chat rooms, things like that back in the 90s. And a lot of those friends uh, that I've talked about on this podcast are still my friends to this day. I still talk to them. I've gone to wrestling events with them across the, the country. And some of them I may not be friends with, but... Essentially, these travel stories are my way of giving you my real travel story of how that went, going to New York for the New York City for the first time, what I experienced, and just my overall perspective of the event. I will give a little bit of a recap. I have gone back and watched the um, pay-per-views prior to recording this, and we'll go over my full review of that show as well during my story and then kind of give you the 
ending of the story and how that all went. But there's a lot. There's a lot of stories that I have to tell that I fully enjoyed. I have almost like a photographic memory with a lot of these memories and just the aspect of what I did. I really wish I could get some of my friends on for these episodes. Um, I know one of them is a co-host of the Boundless Gamers podcast. His name is Jock. Um, Another one is a good friend of mine, um, Chris, but I'm not quite sure if he really wants to be on a podcast, which is perfectly fine. Um, So there's a lot of stories. I have a friend in Orlando um, who is very busy, who wanted to at one point become a pro wrestler. We went to WrestleMania 20 together and a few other events here in Colorado. So that's going to be my travel stories. And then kind of this will be a episodic series essentially that'll be within the Grand Slam podcast and then of course every couple episodes we'll switch to news coverage of sports leagues things like that Um, just to give you a, a more open view of my life my journey to where I'm at today that kind of coincides with the s'more cast which I still have not got up I apologize I've not been able to record and get up the episode for uh, the month of February. So I will be doing a double episode this month uh, for February and March. And kind of we'll talk about uh, for the I know I've kind of addressed the s'morecast for February is going to be about collectibles and stuff, which will still be that. And then for March, I am planning to talk about my journey of wanting to become a pro wrestler and where I ended up with that, how that all worked, and basically talk about a local independent wrestling company that used to exist called Asylum Championship Wrestling, and basically how that then started out my journey as having my own business and making action figures for these wrestlers and things like that. So there's a, there's a lot to cover. I have a lot of stories to tell. I can't wait to tell them on this podcast, Um, but this will be the first one of my travel series, and it is WrestleMania 20, New York City, 2004. Let's go ahead and dive right on in to the main topic today, travel series. Let's go. All right, so let's go ahead and get into this. So funny enough, I was looking because I know for a fact that I have wrote in a journal, an online journal, I basically started a book that I was going to write about myself, uh, a biography or whatever, that I knew I had wrote about the WrestleMania 20 trip. And sure enough, I dug around and found a journal, online journal entry uh, from March 2nd, 2005. It's crazy. That's almost 20 years ago. But I'm going to read it because this literally is so detailed of WrestleMania 20 trip that this is, it's like a time capsule. And I may be using this live journal for these stories, travel trips, because they're in the moment and they are actually like from years and years ago where it puts a different perspective and reading what I wrote. So let's go ahead and dive into the WrestleMania 20 trip. 
It all started out the night before a 6 a.m. flight from Denver, Colorado to New York City, Thursday, March 11th, 2004, 9 p.m. Mountain Time. As I pack the final things and check everything off my list to leave tomorrow morning, I get the call to get everything ready to go to my friend's house, Luis. As he comes, we put all the baggage in his car and take off to his house. As we arrive, we discover he has no film for the trip. I have five disposable cameras with me and let him have one of them. Though, we did do a drive to a local King Supers uh, grocery store down the street to get some more disposable cameras, guys. This is just, uh, it's 2004, of course. Um, so as we get to there, we first head off to check on the WWE Magazine section to see if there is any for the flight over there. Only thing they had um, was a WWE April 2004 issue with Brock Lesnar and WWE WrestleMania 3D, which I had both already, and there was no need to get them. We head out as we buy some cameras. March Friday, March 12th, 2004, travel day. 3.30 a.m. Mountain Time. As we are drifting off to sleep, Luis's stepdad wakes us up and says it's time to go to Denver, Colorado, 65-mile drive up the highway to be at the Denver International Airport within an hour and a half so we could be there an hour before our flight departs. As we drive up there, I put my headphones on and listen to Ludacris. I fall asleep and soon wake up only miles outside the hotel. As we get closer, I read the tickets wrong and we go to the east entrance instead of the west where we should be going. As we park, we get out grab our bags and um, we are ready to go but we discover we are not far from where we actually should have been um, but yet it was a little ways off as his stepdad says bye have a great trip Luis and Floyd which was another friend these are two friends that not only did I make in high school but they were co-workers of mine at my very first job and of course me we wait till 5 30 when the ticket agent finally comes up to the counter ready to get us going we all check the baggage we have and begin our way to security checkpoint. As we arrive, there are tons of people in line, but at least it went fast. At 5.35 a.m., as we put everything on the rolling thing for our stuff to go through x-ray machine and we take our shoes off, as I put very lame, this is, what, four years after 9-11, and I think the shoe thing went in maybe 2002, 2003, if not maybe right before this trip. Um, um, yet I put, I guess it was smart due to the former shoe bomber, uh, of course. And we fast forward to 2020 to almost 20 years later after this trip, and we are still the exact same security, if not worse. So um, to my old self, reading this journal entry, it does not get better. Um, after we get past security, we begin on our long walk to our terminal. After we get there, we relax and mess around um, on the video camera that I brought. I bought prior to this trip. Now, this video camera was a handheld, um, uh, handheld video camcorder or whatnot that I bought from a pawn shop next door to our grocery stores, uh, the one I worked at, and. Still regret to this day, I'm pretty sure there was something with TSA when we came back that wiped the tape clean. And we're not talking digital. We're talking the old school tapes you used to put into the camcorders. And something went wrong with security and the x-ray machine that it wiped the tape. It sucked because there was so much cool stuff on it. 
Um, but it's 6 a.m. 6 a.m. Um, we heard the words over the intercom. Please fasten your seatbelts and make sure your trays are up and locked, shut, and ready for departure. The airline's attendant says over the intercom, as it does take about 10 minutes to take off, we are finally in the air and are on our way to Chicago Midway Airport for our stop. I finally got to drift off into sleep as Luce and Floyd fought me so I couldn't go to sleep, which I finally did. I think I was in the middle seat between these big guys that were sizes of pro wrestlers. They were, they were awesome. Two awesome friends. I, I've not talked to either one of them in a while. Um, but we land in Chicago Midway at 10, 10 a.m. local time in Chicago, and we have then been told they're told over the intercom by the pilot we will be sitting on the runway for about a half an hour due to our terminal being occupied by another flight. I fall back asleep again and wake up to everyone exiting the plane. We are told to stay on because we are taken off shortly as our plane was not part of uh, – we weren't switching planes. It was just a stop to pick up different uh, passengers. So at 12.45 uh, p.m. Eastern time, we finally arrive in New York at LGA. I think it's LaGuardia Airport. Um, we get off our flight and head down the baggage claim where we soon to find Luis's cousin's friend that is picking us up from the airport. We stand by baggage claim for a while as I dial home on my cell phone to announce to my family that we had made it to New York safely and with no trouble. I have no idea who I called. Um, probably my mom or my aunt and uncle. As we make our way out of the airport, I received a call from a good friend of mine from school, um, SL, which she listens to this podcast. She may listen to this podcast or at least participates in it. Um, it's kind of funny. Uh, as we get into the car and go to the apartment we are staying in, I talk to her for a good while, and then we get caught up in New York midday traffic. I listen to my listen to my friend's cousin tell us uh, stories and point out things all around as we were driving at 2 15 p.m eastern time we get um as we get into a small yet nice apartment we are staying at for the weekend of being in new york we get informed about dinner and that his cousin will be home within the next few hours for from his job at a local high school he lay on the couch watching spongebob oh that's hilarious and we, um, we all fell asleep to take a nap because that travel was, I mean, we were up very early and it took forever to get to New York. Wake up around 545 with his cousin arriving home. And I and myself and Floyd introduced ourselves. Um, we were told we were eating at a Chinese buffet a little ways down the street from the apartment. 8.45 p.m. And this, like I said, this is a journal entry, so I'm literally reading from this that I just found. This is like history or whatever you want to call it. But um, I was pretty detailed. Like I said, I have a pretty good f photographic memory. I don't think I have this great of a photographic memory to remember details of times. But it's written, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just go with the story this may be a longer just to let you guys know this may be a very longer podcast but i think this is cool I, it's something that this is was not expected when i was recording i just wanted some reference through some stuff i wrote in the past uh, last couple years or whatnot but i'm literally like i said finding stuff from 2005 that i wrote in a journal entry online about my trip so it's pretty cool uh so uh after eating, or 8.45 p.m. Eastern Time, after eating an awesome dinner at a Chinese buffet, we head back home, or 
to the place we were staying at. As we were on our way up there, we hear more stories and are told that tomorrow morning we'll be riding a subway for the first time. And, of course, every way to get down to Manhattan where we'd be going around town. 10 p.m. Eastern time. We are excited about tomorrow. We'll bring us what will we are excited what tomorrow will bring us and want to get a good rest of sleep for a long and awesome day tomorrow in Manhattan as we watch a, f- a few bootleg copies of movies uh, that have yet to be released in stores we we all fell asleep to the cat in the hat that's classic don't recommend watching bootleg stuff or downloading but hey you know when you have people in New York City, you know, dang well, half of those people were bootlegging back in 2004. Um, but anyways, so Saturday, March 13, 2004, one day from WrestleMania 20. 8 a.m. Eastern Time. A very, or a very, very early morning once again, meaning at home it's only 6 a.m., which we did not mind because we did, in fact, get a good night of sleep. We ate some good breakfast. If I'm not mistaken, we had eggs and something else, not sure. Though, we all took showers, got dressed for what was... Going to be one of the coolest days I've had in a long time. 10.30 a.m. Eastern Time. We are driving down a highway looking around as we pull into a small park that you would take a ferry over to the Statue of Liberty, which we are seeing the Statue of Liberty. Um, as we get out, we head over to the dock and look out and see the the Statue of Liberty out a ways, which is pretty cool. Next off, we are set to go to Ground Zero. 11.40 a.m. Eastern Time. We park a few seconds away from Ground Zero. As we walk into a little walk space they have for it, I take a few pictures as I get this chill up my back, releasing. Up my back, releasing it was only two, or realizing it was only two and a half years ago that the planes crashed into the Twin Towers. As we walk around, his cousin and friend talk about 9/11. As I get get it on tape, I really wish I still had this. It was so cool. Um, quite an experience and humbling experience to be there. Um, we walk up to the other end of the platform type deal and go to the entrance way. We then discover that the church right across the street was the church that was not hit by any falling debris or anything. It was just left alone and not harmed, which was very amazing to see. As we walk back to the car, I discovered a lady selling 9-11 stuff and I bought a 9-11 cap for five bucks, which wasn't too bad. I don't know whatever happened to that cap. Um, 12.45 p.m. Eastern Time. As we drove around the town, his cousin and friend had to do some things around town. His cousin began to tell us he was going to drop us off on 42nd Street near Times Square, which then we had ha- had to find our way away back home on the subway afterwards walking around town. As we got dropped off, we went straight to get something to eat. We found one of those, those thousands of hot dog stands on the corner. I grabbed a pretzel to go. We were all talking about just what we wanted to do and see within the four hours we had. I pointed out a few things. One, to go to the Toys R Us in Times Square to see if they had any WWE action figures. And to Madison Square Garden, to which was a few blocks down the street, to at least see it. We all, Well, we all said we would go to the Madison Square Garden first. While walking down the street, I remembered that WWE superstars Booker T and Rob Van Dam the current and defending world tag team champions at the time. Um, and I, I had f- totally forgot where they were, but they were signing autographs down the street. So I, I dialed home on my cell phone only to get the news that my aunt could not look online at the time. That's too funny. Um, why I then called a friend in Ohio named Chris. 
um, who is a huge WWE fan and NWA TNA fan. He answered the phone and he wondered where I was. I said, well, I'm walking around New York City heading to Madison Square Garden, but I need you to check on where Booker T and Rob Van Dam are signing. So after a while of turning his computer on and everything, he tells me that they're signing at some sports store on 45th Street, so I told him I'd call him back later. We get to the sports shop, only find out that you had to have you had to be there earlier in the day to get a ticket to get in. Um, yet whatever, yet whatever, we, we didn't have to stand in a line. So that was okay. We then headed to Madison square garden. Um, at that point at two forty-five PM Eastern time, as we walk up the street headed for Toys R Us, we stop and see this guy selling these 3d images of different WWE superstars, which I wasn't interested in buying for 40 bucks. So we crossed the street, um, I saw a man with a haircut resembling WWE superstar Al Snow. He was walking with his wife, I guess, as we walked into Toys R Us. I'm pretty sure actually that was him um, that we later kind of discovered. As I went straight to the WWE section, Toys R Us had a lot of the current figures that were out at that point in time. I grabbed an unmasked Kane from Survivor Series and Randy Orton from the same series. I grabbed... And begin my way out there to meet back up with my friends downstairs in the gaming department. 4 p.m. Eastern time, we head, we head, we are headed back uh, down 42nd Street to Grand Central Station. We finally get there and grab three tickets for the subway, subway train four, heading uptown to Brooklyn. At 4:50 p.m. Eastern time, we arrive at our stop at National Kings Bridge. Uh, and make our way up the street to arrive back at the apartment. His cousin says that um, we're ordering the famous New York-style pizza from a local joint. Man, New York-style pizza is amazing food. I can literally, with my memory, remember that and remember the sights and sounds of getting off that subway and walking through Brooklyn. It was a pretty cool experience of being in Brooklyn. Then, of course, Sunday, March 14, 2004, WrestleMania 20 and WWE Brunch. So I couldn't 100% remember this brunch thing. I know I went to it, but I didn't remember the details when I originally planned to do this story. And I could not find anything on the internet anywhere about this uh, breakfast with the superstars thing that WWE did. Um, But lucky enough, I've. Yeah, literally a journal entry that talks about it, so it's pretty cool. Um, So 12.30 a.m. Eastern Time, after we ate and watched the movie Gothica, uh, which, again, I think was a bootleg. (laughs) Gothica was actually a good movie. Um, We planned out the morning, which I was going to the WWE Bacon Bagels and Biceps Brunch at 10 a.m. Eastern Time as I set the alarm clock for 7 a.m. to get up. 7 a.m. Eastern Time, I wake up to the sound of my alarm clock buzzing off i tap it turn it off kind of realize wow it's wrestlemania day we're finally here i get up grab some clothes to wear and take my towel into the shower take a quick shower and get dressed for the wwe breakfast i get ready and i hear the door open as Luis's cousin and friend come in and tell and ask me if i'm ready to leave i say yes which of course Luis and floyd both did not get tickets to this breakfast thing so we leave as we drive off and go down the highway we turn onto 52nd Street and start the drive up to the road to the Hilton Hotel when I notice driving by a world's gym and literally see the rock outside 
Dwayne The Rock Johnson, a.k.a. the new owner of the XFL and the biggest, biggest WWE superstar of all time. The Rock was autographing and signing pictures on the side of the road in front of the school gym. As much as I wanted to get out and get one, I noticed him go in to work out, um, which sucked, but it's okay. As we arrived at the hotel minutes later, I get dropped off and instructed to call when I am coming home on the subway. I then enter the hotel where I only find out that there's two hallways full of about 5,000 people. Well, not exactly what I heard from WWE.com. There was limited to 500 people, um, but this event was... I, I, I think it was a banquet of this hotel, and yeah, I think it was about five to 6,000 people over there. Um, well, after about 45 minutes of waiting in line, they got everyone in by at least 10, 15 a.m., after that, we got served breakfast, bacon, eggs, sausage, hash browns, and day-old orange juice. Probably was disgusting. I didn't really. I don't think I really liked orange juice back then, nor do I to this really to this day. I'll drink it. Um, which I do give props to them for a great breakfast. Um, it better have been for a hundred and ten dollar uh, ticket. As the show went on, a few stars from Raw and SmackDown appeared. One was Rey Mysterio, which of course I got to ask question to where Bill DeMont uh, kind of interviewed me and let me ask the question from my table. I, I really, I'll be honest, I don't remember this, but this is so cool. I, I don't know why I don't remember the breakfast thing in particular, maybe because the event was so like massive for WrestleMania 20, um, at least, and it, it's almost 20 years later. So yeah, um, Bill DeMont was a pro wrestler as well um, that, did a lot of like interview stuff i think or trainer or stuff afterwards but anyway to get things moving after the event we got treated by or we got treated by getting to keep souvenir mug pin and a table mat with a logo on it i think i still have these somewhere um after walking out of the hotel it was kind of chilly out but excuse me not too bad i did call back to the apartment and say i was just gonna stay down there till wrestlemania 20 but then figured out Figured I couldn't with all I had. I totally, I forgot totally to call them. And about halfway there, um, I did, which I got off the subway at the stop and began to walk to the apartment. It was around twelve thirty, and I was greeted by my friends coming up, make sure I actually was still alive. Because again, two thousand four. I don't know how Brooklyn is now, uh, or the Bronx and that area in the subway. But a how old was I? Would have been. 15, I want to say, like, let's see, 14, 15, 16. I was 16 or 17, so, you know, traveling to New York City alone, even though it was the daytime, was crazy. I, I do remember that, though. Um, at 3 p.m. Eastern time, we arrive after being dropped off at Madison Square Garden. We walk into the building, waiting in a line with about 500 other people just to get to the WWE shop zone area. After getting patted down by police officers, we walked around and got um, what we got, or we got what we got for the show, shirts, jerseys, and whatever else. Still have that WrestleMania 20 jersey. It's freaking amazing and still looks like it's in, like, perfect condition uh, nearly 20 years later. Um, thing was, we still had about 30 minutes till we could get, get in, so we stood or Stood there for about 30 minutes so we could get in. Um, and then we started to pack into Madison Square Garden. 
As the ticket person scanned the ticket, we began to start going up the escalator, which was like at least eight levels up until we got to our seats. As we were going up, the last one I ran up ran up it and was like, Ooh, I'm here, finally at WrestleMania. I screamed in excitement. Walk in to find my seat, only to my surprise that it was much better than I thought. It was at the very top of the arena, except for the fact it was center row, um, so I, I got to see everything clear. By the time, by the, by this time, it was 6 p.m. and WWE Heat, um, which was a Sunday pre-show for pay-per-views, was going on, and the fans were trembling into the arena. And then I called Chris on my cell phone and talked about WrestleMania 20 and what was up. After this time counted down, the WWE announced that the Harlem Boys Choir was singing America the Beautiful. After this, um, was a well-promo video um, that really kind of set the mood and hit me that I was really at WrestleMania 20 and had chills running up and down my back. Um, after this time flew by as the event rolled on, which was an awesome experience, um, at least the main event, Triple H versus Chris Benoit versus Shawn Michaels for the World Heavyweight title. As the end as the end rolled near, Triple H tapped out and the crowd went crazy as hell. That is when the celebration happened and everyone mostly was cheering. That is a time that it hit me and I had tears in my eyes. This is the first time Chris Benoit won the World Heavyweight Championship. Now, if you're familiar with wrestling pro wrestling and know the name Chris Benoit um I do not condone any of his actions that he did um after this event um this a couple years later um unfortunately due to what we have uh understood of CTE um which is a concussion disorder in the brain and there may have been like other things like steroids and stuff like that that he um ended up going pretty like insanely crazy and killing his family and committing suicide. Um, so as much as this event was the main event and Chris Benoit won the title for the first time, it was probably one of the most awesome things along with Eddie Guerrero who, um, passed away a couple years after that, um, as well, not for obvious same reasons, thankfully, but, uh, with Chris Benoit, like, I don't condone anything he did. I think it's a very tra- tragic thing and horrible. Um, but this, these events are ones I went to, and he was part of it. And that doesn't change the fact of the amazing time I had and just the aspect of what I saw um, at WrestleMania 20. Um, but, yeah, I, it, it's a very troubled story. If you're not aware of this, you can Google it. It's pretty horrific. Um, it is something that is Chris Benoit is like a band name in pro wrestling almost at this point, but, um, it'll be interesting to see what happens. He has a son that, I mean, looks dead like him. That's in, uh, was trying to get into pro wrestling. So I'm curious to see if that ever goes anywhere. But anyways, back to the story at 11 PM Eastern time, as everyone was leaving Madison square garden, um, we ended up going outside and finding over 15 buses and mini limos. Um, this is where all the stars are coming out with their families and other people. We stood there. Um, Batista, McFoley, Christian, Rodney Mack, and Jazz, Rosie, Shane Helms, Rico, Ric Flair, and many others walked probably two feet in front of us as we tried to give them high fives and tell them great job. Um, 
we we it says we got some nasty comments in return. Um, there was some comments about "f off, you loser fans." Um, anywhere from the line to "f off, kiss my butt," you name it, they said it. Um, I was very dis. I don't even remember this, but I I don't know who this was. Essentially, I don't know if there was like this was fans were. We were supposed to, not supposed to be where we are, and I don't know what wrestler said this, but um, otherwise, um, I was very disgusted with the whole situation as to how we were treated by WWE. Maybe this was like their security. I don't know. Um, but at least I, I don't think it was any of the names that I named off, but either way, it is what it is. Um, so we ended up meeting up Luis in front of Madison Square Garden. Now, of course, when we bought tickets, we did not have tickets together. Um, I think we bought them off like StubHub or one of those third-party sites for reselling and ended up uh, buying separate tickets. So we all sat in different places for uh, WrestleMania. Um, but we essentially met Luis. Me and Floyd met Luis outside of Madison Square Garden. And um, we didn't see him, so we ended up cruising to, into Penn State or Penn Station uh, under Madison Square Garden. Still no Luis. Finally, after a while, we found him outside, and then that's where we decided to go to McDonald's to eat uh, in Times Square. Grabbed a bite, and before we knew it, it was a 1.30 a.m., and we needed to get back to the apartment. Um, well, we went to the Grand Central Station and got caught and caught a subway train back we then arrived back to the apartment around 2.30 a.m. where uh, then we called it a night because we were getting up at 10 a.m. to go shopping as this was our last day in New York City. Uh, Monday, March 15, 2004, shopping in WWE Raw in New Jersey. 1.32 p.m. Eastern Time. Well, no one woke up till around 1.30, which was kind of exciting in a way because I was in New York and all my classmates at my high school was in school learning, and I was about to go shopping in Times Square. What kind of kid gets to say they got to skip school and went to Times Square? I bet no one out of, uh, I bet, I bet no one out of New York. I don't know what I meant by that, but, and that's when we all were kind of uh, mad with the fact that once we got down to Times Square, we only had about. F- three hours to fool around until we had to get back and go straight to New Jersey for WWE Raw. At 5.45 p.m. Eastern Time, after a nice day in town and shopping and a nice meal at TGIF Fridays, <laughs> nice meal, good God, TGIF Fridays is trash, um, or has been, I haven't, I, I don't think we even have anything in Collar Springs anymore. Um, we were, for, it's been a while, um, we're then on our way back to the apartment to get to get ready for Monday Night Raw at 7.45 p.m. Eastern Time, we were pulling up to the Continental Airlines Arena. When we get out and file into the arena, I go straight to the Shop Zone booth and grab two T-shirts and find my way to my seat. Um, at 8.45 p.m. Eastern Time, an hour later, after getting the shirts and food I needed, WWE announced that we would see the ending of WrestleMania 20 on the Titantron. Um, we watched the Triple Threat match before Raw went on the air, which was the first time seeing the footage after Raw after this, Raw started at 11.07 p.m. Eastern Time. WWE Raw goes off the air as we started to leave. We go outside the arena and we wait for his cousin to pick us up. As we get to the picked up, um, we drive back across the bridge to the Bronx. And it's around uh, midnight once we arrive and we needed to get some sleep because 
the cab driver that we um, preemptively called uh, would be there at 10 a.m. for our leave back to Denver. Tuesday, March 16, 2004, homebound. 8 a.m. Eastern Time. As students are getting up and going to school in Colorado, I am waking up and packing the final things to get ready to go back on a boring flight for the rest of the morning and afternoon. At 10 a.m. Eastern Time, the taxi driver arrives and we get it, get in and drive off to LaGuardia Airport. Once again, fall asleep on the way because of a long night. We get to the airport and get to the ticket counter uh, when we find out they've switched us flights and our new flight leaves in six minutes which was kind of impossible to actually get to but went straight to security took our shoes off grabbed our stuff we didn't even have enough time to put them on as a flight attendant as a flight attendant and security for the airport made us run with them so we would not miss the flight back we got it on and i put my shoes back on just as we're ready to take off at 11.25 a.m. Eastern Time, we arrive in Chicago and get off the flight for a quick bite of food and drink. We get back on, and we're now on a nonstop uh, flight to Denver, Colorado. We arrive in Colorado about, let's say, about 3 p.m. Mountain Time, and we get off the plane and go to baggage to get our bags, which is when we meet up with Floyd's parents, whom was taking us home. We then stop quickly for some pizza at a local Domino's in the airport. After eating, we get in the car, take a good hour and a half drive uh, down Interstate 25 to I-25 to get to Colorado Springs. Finally, we arrive home safe about 5.30 Mountain Time on that uh, Tuesday. This essentially was my WrestleMania 20 trip to New York City. Um, after this day, I, I did miss school um, one more day to get some more rest from the trip. Then when I went back to school, this is a funny story. Um, I essentially ended up actually having to do uh, in-school in suspension for three days or two days and had to run laps around the gym because nobody believed that I was at WrestleMania and was in New York City, despite the fact I clearly had tickets and airfare tickets and stuff, which I still think I have. Um, but, yeah, like, it was it was a great trip. Um, it was pretty cool getting to kind of re-experience it through my own writing um, that was done in 2005 or whatnot, but... Yeah, um, I think the the next trip that I essentially write about, if I can find it, is the trip to Ohio for WWE's Bad Blood in 2004. Um, that was the summer of 2004, which was, of course, the trip entitled Wrestling, this is from my blog, um, Wrestling Triple Shot Weekend. Um, so... Yeah, I'm assuming I wrote about that. I'll have to go back and actually look through this live journal, see if that trip is on here. But if it is, that is going to be freaking amazing because this may make this travel series pretty awesome. Um, but I know I do have a travel series for WrestleMania 21, which is the following year. Um Actually, I may have wrote that right after the event, so that's pretty cool too. So I'll have that. There will be a lot of different things uh, that I go through with these travel things or whatnot. But, yeah, it's it's awesome to essentially get to share these stories with you and really give you a different perspective of my life and what this uh, – 
podcast really means to me and to share different experiences, whether it be sporting events or just life itself on the the Smorecast uh, version. This is more my sports podcast and giving you some cool background stories and stuff like that while we are waiting for the season to start for football, baseball, going into the NFL's 2022 season this fall. Um, and then, of course, the XFL season after that. We still don't know if baseball will happen this year for MLB. Um, still a lot of uh, contested issues with that that we will see what happens when it gets closer to that. But this has been my WrestleMania 20 story. I think at this point I'm going to leave it here. I don't think I need to go over the results. They're all over the Internet. You can, I've watched the show many of times. Um, there's probably no... I think it was one of the best wrestling pay-per-views I have ever been to. Um, It's WrestleMania. It's at Madison Square Garden in the grandest stage of them all of arenas in this country. And, I mean, WrestleMania 21 was in L.A. that I got to go to. I went alone um, and got to go to the Staples Center and explore downtown L.A., that was cool. I went to the Hall of Fame that year where Hulk Hogan and Rowdy Piper were inducted. Um, so that, there's a lot. There is a lot of stories I have, great memories of these, and hopefully I can find some other journal entries and stuff like that where essentially I can read from and give you more of an in-depth look at these stories from not today's perspective but from those days then, like a couple days after or months after the events or a year after or whatnot, like it gives an insight to a, I think 2005, I would have been seven or eight, 17, 18. So that gives a, it's, it's opening up a time capsule essentially. And it's in, again, as I keep telling people, Watch what you post on on the internet because it does not go away. This is a prime example. I was literally just looking for some little blog I wrote um, and thought I wrote it for a, a book I was going to do on like pro wrestling and my life and stuff, and I came across this. So, yeah, just watch what you put on the internet. Nothing, obviously, I can see that I wrote that is horrendous, but still, it being a... 15, 16, 17-year-old boy having access to the internet. I mean, nowadays that's completely different. Um, it's much worse than it was back in 2004, 2005. But um, I'm glad I got to share this story. I'm glad I got to relive it through a journal entry that I wrote and really give you some great details of my trip. I thought it was awesome. I, I think that... Um, getting to go to WrestleMania 20 with friends, with coworkers that I worked with, and we all kind of did it on a fly. And lucky enough, uh, my friend Luis had cousin that lived in the Bronx and was more than welcome to um, take us everywhere, show us places. And, of course, like getting to go to Ground Zero, not even two and a half years after 9-11 was just amazing. It was humbling. It was sad. Um, I, I Like I said, I wish I still had that footage. I know it got wiped. I think there was like a 10-second clip of Ground Zero that saved, and I don't know whatever happened to the tape. Could have got lost in the m- failed move that I did to Orlando, Florida in 2006 um, for di- uh, 
TNA lockdown, I actually was going to move to Florida and transfer jobs down there. That'll be a story for another day. But, again, I appreciate everyone listening to this. Um, I'm going to continue to just do the, the episodes like this. I I don't really have anything right now for the who, what, when, where, why, and how segment. Um, I think just having an opening segment, the Entertainment 10, and then the main segment, and then an outro is pretty much where I'm going to keep this at for now um, and really look at expanding. But I definitely would appreciate your comments. Um, After listening to these stories, I think there's a lot more to dive into. Um, When my friend Jock listens to this, if you listen to this, dude, I would love to have you on to talk about Ring of Honor. I know you don't watch pro wrestling anymore, but, dude, I know you have stories just like I do um, from when we went to Ring of Honor and – stuff like that. So, um, let me know. I'm more than welcome to, uh, record an episode with you when I get to that travel story of ring of honor. And when I met you and I think going to Detroit to your hometown, uh, to see TNA, I think it was bound for glory. Um, and then can't remember if you did go with us to Nashville. I feel like you did. Uh, for TNA Slam Reversary or whatnot. Um, but, dude, there's a lot that we could do some co-host podcasting with to explain or give our stories and stuff because I think you have a great perspective of pro wrestling from that time frame and everything. So, again, I appreciate everyone listening. This has been another week of the Grand Slam Podcast, episode 27 And I look forward to being back here next week for the preview and countdown to the USFL 30-day outlook. And we'll be back next week. Have a great week, everyone. Have a great weekend coming up. Um, If you haven't already, uh, check out this Saturday the This is the PBL show, the Pioneer Baseball League show. I will have a new episode airing this Saturday morning. And if you haven't checked out the first, or not episodes, they are called chapters. Um, If you haven't checked out the first two chapters, uh, definitely go subscribe, like, um, rate that uh, podcast. It is two chapters so far with the Pioneer Baseball League news, along with the Rocky Mountain vibes. And then, of course, obviously, follow, subscribe, like, if you haven't heard the Graham Slam podcast yet. And uh, let's let's get this uh, community growing and make this show pretty big. I can't wait to give you more stories. So have a great uh, evening uh, when this episode drops today. Um, I appreciate everyone listening and have a very great afternoon and great week. This has been the Grand Slam Podcast. And again, I am your host, Brandon Anderson, signing off for another week in the books. Have a great one, everyone.